Hello, and welcome to the Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, or Mid-East Soccer, podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Today, I want to focus on Saudi and Iranian efforts to silence the voices of dissidents in exile. If Saudi Arabia is under pressure to give chapter and verse on the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in its consulate in Istanbul, Iran risks straining relations with Europe at a time that it needs European support the most by targeting ethnic rights activists. Mr. Khashoggi's murder has focused attention on Saudi harassment and intimidation of dissidents as part of the kingdom's effort to silence critical voices. The Saudi campaign had little geopolitical significance until Mr. Khashoggi's killing. By contrast, Iran's long history of targeting ethnic rights activists, including Iranians of Arab descent and Kurds, has long been rooted in the Islamic Republic's belief that they enjoy the support of the United States, Saudi Arabia, and Israel in a bid to destabilize the country. If Saudi Arabia suffered severe reputational damage with the killing of Mr. Khashoggi and could face sanctioning for the first time in its history, Iran, long struggling to polish its tarnished image, could face sanctioning by Europe at a moment that it needs the Europeans most. In the latest Iranian incident, Danish Prime Minister Lars Lokke Rasmussen and Intelligence Chief Finn Borch Anderson are calling for European Union sanctions after they discovered a plot to kill Danish residents associated with the Arab struggle movement for the liberation of Ahwaz, ASMLA, an Iranian Arab group. The plot, together with at least two other incidents in Europe in the last year, complicates European efforts to salvage a 2015 international agreement to curb Iran's nuclear program. After the United States withdrew from the deal, and imposed crippling sanctions on Iran, despite Iran's denials of involvement. The alleged Danish plot came to a head when authorities in late September closed bridges into Copenhagen and suspended train operations in connection with the case. Mr. Anderson said that Norway had since extradited to Denmark a Norwegian national of Iranian descent who was seen taking pictures of the Danish home of an ASMLA leader. ASMLA strived for independence of Iran's southeastern oil-rich province of Khuzestan that is home to Iran's ethnic Arab community and borders on Iraq at the head of the Gulf. Two other groups, the Islamic State and the Ahwaz National Resistance, claimed responsibility in September for an attack on a Revolutionary Guards parade in the Khuzestan capital of Ahwaz, in which 29 people were killed and 70 others wounded. Iranian officials blamed the United States and its allies, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and Israel for the attack. Iran at the time summoned the ambassadors of the Netherlands, Denmark, and Britain to protest the three countries' hosting of Iranian ethnic rights militants. The Danish plot followed the killing by unidentified gunmen in the Netherlands in November 2017 of Ahmed Molanissi, another ASMLA leader. Shot dead on a street in The Hague, Mr. Molanissi died the violent life he was alleged to have lived. A 52-year-old refugee living in the Netherlands since 2005, 
Mr. Molanisi was believed to have been responsible for attacks in Khuzestan in 2005, 2006, and 2013 on oil facilities, the office of the Khuzestan governor, other government offices, and banks. Together with Habib Jaba al Akhbazi, also known as Abu Naheth, another ASMLA activist, Mr. Molanisi focused in recent years on media activities and fundraising at times creating footage of alleged attacks involving gas cylinder explosions to attract Saudi funding, according to Iranian activists. Mr. Molanasi was killed as he was preparing to establish a television station backed by Saudi-trained personnel and funding that would target Khuzestan. The Netherlands has emerged in recent years as a hub for Iranian activists alongside Britain. A group of exiled Iranian academics and political activists, led by the Hague-based social scientist Damon Golris, announced in September the creation of a group that intends to campaign for a liberal democracy in Iran under the auspices of Reza Pahlavi, the son of the ousted Shah of Iran who lives in the United States. Compounding the fallout of Iran's targeting of activists is last month's expulsion by France of an Iranian diplomat accused of being part of a plot to bomb a rally in Paris organized by the Mujahideen al-Khalq, a Saudi-backed Iranian exile group that calls for regime change in Tehran. The diplomat was among six people arrested for allegedly plotting the bombing. The Mujahideen enjoy the support of prominent Western politicians like U.S. President Donald J. Trump's National Security Advisor John Bolton his personal lawyer, Rudolf Giuliani, and Saudi Arabia's former intelligence chief, Prince Turki al-Faisal. Mr. Giuliani addressed the targeted rally. U.S. officials say Iran plotted to attack the group's massive base in Albania in March. Support for the Mujahideen has figured prominently in broadcasts of UK-based television station Iran International, that according to The Guardian is owned by a secretive offshore entity with close links to Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. The Guardian reported that Saul al-Kahtani, Prince Mohammed's menacing information czar, who was one of several senior Saudi officials removed from the office in the wake of the killing of Mr. Khashoggi, was among the key funders of Iran International. I can say that Iran International TV has turned into a platform for ethnic partisanship and sectarianism, The Guardian quoted a source as saying. The Danish, French, and Dutch incidents suggest that Iran takes seriously indications that Saudi Arabia is considering attempting to destabilize the Islamic Republic by stirring unrest among its ethnic minorities. Mr. Bolton advocated a similar strategy before becoming Mr. Trump's national security advisor. Iran has been the target in the past year of various insurgent groups believed to have Saudi support, sparking repeated clashes with Iranian security forces and the interception of Kurdish, Baloch, and other ethnic rebels. Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javad Zarif arrived in Islamabad this week on an unscheduled visit to discuss last month's ki kidnapping of at least 12 Iranian border and revolutionary guards believed to have been abducted on the Iranian side of the Pakistani-Iranian border by Jaish al-Adl, 
a Pakistani group that often issues its statements in Arabic rather than Baloch, Urdu, or Farsi. As the United States prepared to next week impose new a new round of sanctions against Iran, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo used the Iranian attacks in Europe to weaken European rejection of the US moves. For nearly 40 years, Europe has been the target of Iran-sponsored terrorist attacks. We call on our allies and partners to confront the full range of Iran's threats to peace and security, Mr. Pompeo tweeted. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. A written version is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at middleeastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the, next, in the coming days. All the best and take care.